Welcome to The Conversation. This is Gretchen. And hi, I'm Christy. This is Conversations to Connect. You're listening to episode four, where we will be continuing the conversation about boundaries and a Q&A from our audience. So after the first uh, podcast that we did on boundaries, we had some feedback from people that really liked the information that we were presenting, but then really wanted more information about, okay, well now what, right? I've recognized that I have unhealthy or loose or strict boundaries, but now what do I do? Sort of like what steps could I take for beginning with how could I recognize whether my boundaries are rigid, whether my boundaries are loose and exactly what to do about that. So I really feel that taking very close inventory of yourself and your self-care is the best place to start in in recognizing where am I at in any given relationship and how is that person's attitude or behaviors affecting how I feel because a lot of the times if we are not taking good care of ourselves then we're going to personalize the things that other people say and Mm -hmm. do rather than looking at their actions as something that they need to do for themselves or something that they want from you um It's really difficult setting boundaries in relationships where you've never done them before. Oh, yeah. Especially one like we talked about in the last two podcasts, really, about boundaries that we learn them from our caregivers. So our parents, maybe grandparents, whoever's around us, um, even teachers and peers as we're growing up. And so if you came from a family that all had loose boundaries, then you are also going to have loose boundaries because that's what you were taught. I know for myself personally, and this is not, it's from, like you said, all different caregivers as you're Mm -hmm. growing up. Um, But what I learned and what I took into adulthood was I needed to anticipate the needs of other people, and that meant that I cared about them. So if if somebody wasn't asking for something, but I noticed that they might need some help, then I put that on myself to figure out what that was or what I could do to make it better, sort of like a fixer mentality. And I think that a lot of therapists and people in the helping profession tend to be lean towards the helping profession because they're used to anticipating and taking care of others. Well, it's interesting because I, in my upbringing and just the experiences that I had, still did a lot of caretaking for other people. Mm -hmm. So I had a very hard time saying no to people. Um, But it wasn't because I was anticipating other people's needs, like what you're talking about. It was if anyone ever asked me of anything Mm -hmm. or I just assumed because of how the people interacted around me when I was growing up that nobody wanted to do anything for themselves. They Mm -hmm. always wanted other people to do it for them. So I didn't want to do these things. I wasn't feeling fulfilled Mm -hmm. by doing all of these things for other people. It was creating a huge amount of anger and anxiety and frustration for me. Mm -hmm. But I didn't realize that I could say no because no one ever taught me that. Nobody taught me that it's okay for you to say, I don't want to do that for you. Right. And from my example, what I feel like is... I, my brain almost would trick me into thinking that I was fulfilled by doing that. Yeah. And I thought that I was feeling good, but ultimately it was when I took a good inventory over what I was doing in my life and how I wasn't taking responsibility for where I wanted to be that I realized, oh my gosh, I've been spending a lot of time and energy focusing on taking care of other people. And um, in my marriage, I feel like that was pretty evident um 
when you're in a partnership, I'm, uh, I've since been divorced, but um, when you're in a partnership, it's really easy to take on the moods and behaviors of other people. And for, for my example, we owned a business together. And so I think that I put a lot of time and effort that I would have wanted to put into my career, but I thought that that was something that was fulfilling me that actually wasn't. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until taking some space from that to learn this is where my energy is best spent and um, focusing on what I wanted. Well, and in my relationship, because it's the same, whether or not you have um, a relationship that has at some point become dysfunctional and, and then leads to an ending of the relationship or one that's continued. So I'm married, I've been married for 10 years with my husband for 13. And when I met, he's an only child. And so, and I am the middle of three. Very different. Um, and I'm the oldest, so I get to be the boss always. <laughs> Don't forget that, boss. It's funny because I was actually just, side note, talking to my sister this past weekend. We met up and we were talking about it. She's five years older than me. Mm-hmm. And so well, we were talking about those like family positions and where we lie. And, oh, you know, Gretchen, you're the middle child. And I was like, yeah, but, you know, she's five years older than me. I almost feel like... And she agreed that she's more of an only child. And so then I'm more of the firstborn again because uh-huh. we had such a big gap. And then my younger sister was the one because I would boss her around all the time. Right. Um, well, I get that about your personality because you so help me and what I need to be doing every time I need advice <laughs> in my life. I go to my big sister, Gretchen. That's right. Well, and vice versa because I do that to you too. Anytime, you know, Christy and I, our entire work career that has been together, we have very much benefited in relying on each other other Mm -hmm. for any time I need anything related to work I know that I can go to Christy I know that you know hopefully in a healthy way she will let me know when she's too busy and usually she does usually but also another side note of I know that you're the person that will still remind me to this day that I have boundary issues yes I mean we all do and I think that when my clients come in they might sort of look at me like I'm supposed to be the expert and this never happens but oh my gosh bad moods, oh, yeah. um, days happen, like we all have hormones, we all have like We're human downs. too. Exactly. We're not exempt from anything. Sure. Um, so I got off track because I did want to mention about my relationship because you talked about mm-hmm. yours and a little bit of how the boundaries kind of like got a little bit hazy there. But, you know, being an only child, my husband was very used to just always getting everything that he wanted, right? I think mm-hmm. like most only children, they mm-hmm. don't have to share or you know say like well no not today or no because there's three of you we can't do that you know like whatever and he also and get they get a lot of attention they do and so he also came into the marriage just in a way because it hadn't because it had always been like this for him Mm -hmm. he just expected me to make like all of his doctor's appointments and um so anytime he needed anything pretty much Mm -hmm. he would just let me know Mm -hmm. um and it was anything it was you know just like oh i need to go to the dentist can you call right um what's for dinner like did you feel like a personal assistant because that's you know well i not initially and so Mm -hmm. initially because i loved him and because you know it didn't necessarily happen right away you know we were together for about two and a half, three years before we got married um, and did live together before then. But I noticed it once we started living together. So after, um, you know, about being together for a year or two, it was very obvious because then I was the one that had to make those doctor's appointments. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like family members of his that would do that for him. So 
Um, at first I was like, well, of course I'll do that for you because I love you. And like, it's not a problem because it was new for me. But then over time and after we got married, it got to the point where I, it was a burden. It was creating anxiety for me because I had so many other things that I had to take care of for myself. And then he was just putting all this other stuff on my plate, not because he didn't care about me, not to be malicious in any way. But I had never said no. Mm-hmm. I had never give him, given him any indication that that might be a problem for me. Um, so we then started to have a conversation about that and say, you know, like, this is too much. I need you to start doing these things. It's overwhelming for me. Um, and I think that for a lot of people, it's difficult to set that boundary, like we said earlier, when you've always done that. Yes. And you might fear that the other person might get mad at you. They might feel that you're rejecting them. Um, but I... I believe that as long as somebody doesn't know what your feelings are, you can't expect them to behave in a way that's going to make you happy. Absolutely. So you have to give language to that and you have to um, create a conversation that is not coming from a critical position because if you get resentful, and I think that in going back to my relationship, I would at times be critical because I would be so resentful and then that just created defensiveness. Yeah. And then you get in this unhealthy pattern of how you communicate with one another and then that becomes your norm. And once people are sick and tired of that being the way that they interact, they just shut down. And that's called stonewalling in relationships where you just kind of separate... Ignore. Yeah, you're living parallel lives at a certain point because you just don't want to deal with the other person. So that is something that we wanted to address in this podcast so that hopefully in all relationships, because those patterns, they're evident with bosses and employees, with parents and children, with friendships, Mm -hmm. with romantic relationships. It doesn't matter what you're used to giving is what um, you bring to all of your relationships. Yeah. And like what you were talking about when, you know, what kind of gets in the way of us setting that boundary. And you're right. And I think it's important to reiterate that what gets in the way for the majority of us is fear of abandonment Mm -hmm. or rejection, Mm -hmm. right? That like, if I say this thing, if I say, no, I cannot help you with your business, Mm -hmm. right? Like in Christy's situation or in my situation, no, I can no longer do these things for you. I will no longer make your appointments and call and follow up and do all this stuff. I need you to do that for yourself. We have a fear that our partner or our friend or whatever is going to reject us, Mm -hmm. is going to say, well, then I don't want to be with you anymore, Mm -hmm. right? And realizing and kind of deciding for yourself, do you want to be with someone mm-hmm. who would leave you for setting, for setting healthy boundaries, right. right? For taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. If they truly care about you, why would I ever want you to suffer? Right. Well, because ki- truly loving and caring about somebody is wanting them to perform at their optimal Absolutely. level. And that is not taking care of them. And being so. supportive of mm-hmm. each other. That is not being supportive of each other. That's right. putting them first and putting you right. last and not taking into consideration your feelings. So there's this idea of non-attachment that... Um, comes well it's with the buddhist philosophy with the yoga philosophy Mm -hmm. of learning to realize that things come and go in your life and when i talk to clients about non-attachment their immediate reaction is but i need to be attached i need to feel no that level of depression or of attachment is dependence on another person which is showing you that you're in a toxic relationship so the idea of non-attachment is recognizing that you may need to go off and do your own things. I may need to go off and do my own things. And that doesn't affect 
who I am as a person. Well, I think we might have mentioned this before, but I'll mention it again because this reminded me of it is that, you know, when we're looking at relationships, it is three beings, right? It Mm -hmm. is the two people and then the relationship. And so each of those people are responsible for their own selves, Mm -hmm. for taking care of themselves. So in For example, in my friendship with Christy, I am one person, Christy is one person, and our friendship is another quote-unquote person Mm -hmm. or entity. I have to take good care of myself, and Christy has to take good care of herself. It is not my responsibility to take care of Christy. It's not Christy's responsibility to take care of me. But it is both our responsibilities to tend to our friendship Mm -hmm. and nurture the relationship, um, support one another, all that kind of stuff. Giving time and attention to the... Absolutely. Well, that's just saying that you're a priority in my life and that I'm willing to put some effort into it. But not, I'm not willing to take on the things that you need to do for yourself. Which well, is and a healthy said. part of a friendship and using this idea of non-attachment would be um, Christy has friends that are not my friends. Like last week or whenever we recorded that, mm-hmm. I don't remember. Um, Katie was here and I had never met Katie. And this is someone, this is another friend that Christy has, right? I have friends mm-hmm. that Christy is not friends with that she does not even know. That in no way, shape, or form interferes with our ability to be friends, Mm -hmm. to have healthy boundaries. And so that's that idea of non-attachment. It's okay that someone has a life outside of the relationship that you have with them. And especially in romantic partnerships and marriages, that is of utmost importance. You can't be doing the same thing all the time with the same person and not getting out and doing the things that make you happy because... There is nobody in this world, there is no partnership in this world where those two people are going to be identical and... Or fulfill all of the needs that the other person Mm -hmm. has, right? Like there's no way that just if I only had Christy as a friend that she would be able to fulfill all of the needs Mm -hmm. that I had. I would become burdensome on Christy because I would always be going to her for every sort of friend need that I had. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's important that we have other people and other things that we can do that are separate from the different people that we have in our lives. Um, We just brought up some partnerships and um, marriages. For myself personally, I know that work has always been a place where I could not set boundaries. And I think that from what I learned in my upbringing, I didn't make that connection at the time, but I was working at um, a school for emotionally um, and behaviorally challenged, I would say, children. Yeah. And they were super high needs and their families were super high needs. And in order to work in that environment, we were always under stress. So myself, I got to be very close with the people that work there. Um, but we were always living in a state of hyper arousal. Like yeah. um, we did, they were dangerous at times and we didn't know when that was coming. So the stress of that situation was definitely toxic. I would then take that home with me. And in order to debrief that for myself I would be on the phone for hours yeah. a night with my coworkers, just rehashing the same crap that happened all day long and again keeping myself in that heightened state and then you go back tomorrow and start all over again exactly yeah. and so it was non-stop and that's a lot of pressure um and and thinking about our thought patterns what is it that we choose to focus on yeah and maybe in those times if I had chosen to focus on my self-care and getting physical exercise and getting you know creative outlets or whatever Mm -hmm. then maybe I would have gone in the next day with a different attitude but I remember those years as just draining yeah and um, after that I was in grad school and one of our professors 
was telling us about being a therapist. We're always learning about being therapists. And he said, you know, if somebody tells you, Gretchen, that you are the worst therapist I've ever had, you are horrible. You don't take that personally. <laughs> and I was like, okay, huh. yeah, that's right. Yeah. And he said, and additionally, if somebody says you are the greatest therapist <laughs> I've ever had, oh my God, you so get me. You are amazing. I don't know what my life would be without you. Guess what? That's not about you either. <laughs> So that non-attachment of what is somebody projecting onto me, Yeah, it's not about me. Well, you know what? It's funny. I tell people all the time um, that come in and see me for therapy, and I tell myself this all the time, anytime that I start getting in the way and thinking, oh no, did I mess up? Did I cross a boundary? Did I do too much? Did I not do enough? Mm -hmm. Are they mad at me? Right? Um, And I tell people, um, I say this with as much love and care as possible, but you're not that important, (laughs) right? And they kind of look at me and I'll say, no, 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 Mm -hmm. you're that important to you. Sure. You're not that important to anybody else. (laughs) So the likelihood that whatever it is that you're worried about that Mm -hmm. you did or that you should have done or, oh no, I set a boundary and now I have these emotions. And I'm thinking about these emotions for a day and a half because I'm obsessing over them. And so then all of a sudden you're thinking, oh no, and we pick mm-hmm. up on things and we read about the fat. We read into, you know, body language and like, did you see the way that Christy looked at me? She's obviously angry at me because I told her that I couldn't go out Friday night. Right. Right. Because I'm feeling anxiety or guilt or shame about the fact that I said no to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really important is one thing that you can do to tell yourself is you're not that important mm-hmm. to other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you should be number one to yourself. But other people are not that concerned about mm-hmm. you. You don't have that much power to influence all those other people <laughs> to that degree. Yeah. Uh, and I'm glad that you said, you know, reminding yourself I'm not that important. That's sort of a mantra of sorts. You can pick any mantra that you would like. Just as long as you know that, recognize that your thoughts are going a certain way. Like I'm thinking too yeah. much about a thing. Um, something that I give my clients a lot is not helpful. Not yes. helpful. And then physically turn your body and face another direction and choose to think about or do something else. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So I think we should start answering some of the questions that we got. So I uh, posted on Instagram and Facebook and asking questions about, you know, what do you guys want to know about boundaries? What are the questions that you have? What are maybe some of the scenarios that you need some help with? So we're going to go through those questions and try to give you some answers and maybe examples of situations Um, and so forth. So the first question that we have is, what do you do when someone refuses to respect your boundaries and you don't have a choice but to be around them? So I think more often than not, this is probably family, Mm -hmm. work, Mm -hmm. um, I think would probably come up the most, right? And I think that you can first know that your boundaries are being violated in some sort of way when you get a physical reaction when you're around somebody. Maybe like your stomach gets upset or, you know, you just really, you feel that their energy is not connecting with yours. And um, so recognizing what is happening in my body, Mm -hmm. um, know what your environment is going to be. You know when you're going into work. And you know when you're going to see this given person. And you know when Christmas is coming. That's right. Um, And so prepared. We can prepare for these situations, exactly. I think that's the best thing, too, is to go in with a plan, Mm -hmm. right? So you have set boundaries, but this person, whoever it is, is not respecting them. Every time you see them, they're not respecting them. Um, Know that. Know that. Mm -hmm. You know what? Every time I go into work, Christy always asks me if 
she can have some of my lunch. Doesn't matter how many times I tell her no, she still asks. Mm -hmm. So part of that is if she's going to ask every time, I have a couple of options, right? If she's going to bring an extra bag of carrots, I could bring her extra food, but that's still me going out of the way and giving her Mm -hmm. what she wants. So that's one option. But I could also sit down with Christy and say, "Um, you know, you ask me every day for my lunch and every day I tell you no. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually pretty frustrated that you keep asking me because I don't think that you maybe grasp right. that. Well, I see the there lies a problem when I'm in session with people and it sounds great at the time, but then you get there and you're like, oh, um, here, just have my lunch. Yeah. Um, that it really takes um, a lot of strength in knowing what those responses are going to be. So mm-hmm. you need to have those planned out as well. Have right. three go-to responses. Yep. And so you don't even have to think about it. Well, here's the thing too. If you've gotten to the point now where you've tried to set boundaries and they have probably repeatedly not been respected, you know what these people are going to say. Mm-hmm. So whoever it is that's not respecting your boundaries you know what their comeback is going to be. It's important that you continue to reassert the boundary. So if the boundary is, um, can you please not hug me? I don't like to be hugged, Mm -hmm. right? And the person, every time you see them, comes in and goes to give you a hug, don't ever let them, right? right? This is your boundary. You need to take care of yourself. Continue to reassert the boundary. I know that that stinks. I know that Mm -hmm. that's annoying. I know that that maybe increases the guilt and the negative emotion you have, but it's very important because you need to take care of yourself. Well, and there are plenty of people in this world that are not going to cross your boundaries. And those are the people you get to choose to have in your life. So cutting people out that aren't respecting those time and time again. And then, um, like we were just saying, keep your plan in place when you you have to be around people. But really limit that time that you have to be around those people. Yeah. And also supports, right? So um, are there people that you can go... Two, to process these situations that understand where you're coming from, that can provide you with um, constructive feedback and support for those situations. And also, do you have people that you can that can go with you as a support, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, if it is a family member, do you have a sibling? Do you have a friend? Do you have an aunt or an uncle who gets it, right? Right. Or a time limited out or... Yes. Um, in talking with people where they're going into a family situation, especially, and they always feel like everybody's just sitting around and bored, <clears throat> excuse me, and gossiping, you can choose to bring something to that um, gathering, or you can choose to maybe suggest having an outing. Try to switch it up that's so that great, people aren't just like sitting around staring at each other that, and no, that's creating a great, drama. That's a great example and a great idea um, because if, you know, it, whatever. If the boundary violation is always about they, you know, this topic comes up. Mm-hmm. If you can have planned activities, if if there's a way to structure it mm-hmm. so, to keep it focused on something else, a more neutral um, topic, mm-hmm. uh, something like that. Whatever it is. And generationally speaking, a lot of people have issues with. I know this came up in a previous podcast about our own timelines, and you know, maybe you're elderly aunt is just waiting for you to get, get married. married or even have, have a baby, right? right? Mm-hmm. But come in with a kind of a fresh perspective of what is going on in your life. So before they even ask, you can say, hey, you're never going to believe this. I got a promotion at work or this is what I'm doing in my volunteer time. And just, again, prepare, prepare, prepare. It's also really simple to just say, I'm not going to talk about that. That's not 
wrong. That's not bad. That's not being you being a jerk or anything like that. You know, so if Chrissy's like, Gretchen, when are you going to have more babies? I don't have to answer that question. You don't have to answer a question. You don't have to respond to something that you don't want. So I can say, you know, I don't really want to talk about that. But I will tell you about the fact that I'm starting this new podcast, you know, or whatever. Um, So I think that's really important, too. Sure. And here is another question from our audience. How do you cope with having to set a boundary with someone that you cared about who now has to have little to no contact? Oh, that's one so many of the times happens because uh, I hate to be the one to say it, but most relationships end. So well, one all of, relationships end at exactly. some point. Exactly. <laughs> and that's was Even my if point. They with, end with death. Right. right. Well, Lojo Rinsler wrote in his Love Hurts book. I know mm-hmm. that we both love to share I that with that a lot book. of people. But he says uh, the moment that you enter any relationship, you are on a sinking ship. Yes. So just like you said, Gretchen. Uh, ultimately somebody's gonna die so you cannot depend have your happiness depend on another person you have to do the things that you need to do in order to take care of yourself and sometimes taking care of yourself is being the one to end a relationship yeah and for a lot of people that have no boundaries they don't want to do that that means giving up that means failure on their own part i know that a lot of um relationships are dependent on somebody holding on for entirely too long yeah and i've sat as being a therapist, you can't tell people what to do. Right. So for sometimes years, it might take for somebody to finally have had enough to say, I can't let this right. person violate me this anymore. anymore. So this question is really focusing a lot more on like, how do you basically deal with grief and loss, yeah. which we are definitely going to be talking about in future podcasts. So we're mm-hmm. not going to go too far into it now, but it's important to process your emotions, right? So Allow yourself to grieve the loss of this relationship, to be sad about it, to be angry, to be upset and frustrated. Um, Find people that you can talk to. Um, Find a therapist if you don't have anyone in your life to talk to, because being able to talk about this Mm -hmm. and process the emotion that comes along with the fact that you had to end this relationship um, or they ended it because of the boundary that you set is really important to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so our next question is, how do you deal with friends or family who think that your boundaries are unreasonable and can those relationships be saved? Um, so, well, people thinking something is unreasonable is based on their expectations. Right. And one thing that's important to know is that people don't need to understand your boundaries or the reasons for setting them. It's okay for them to think what they think. Um, what other people think about you is none of your business. That's another one of my favorite mm-hmm. quotes to tell people. So let me say that again. What people think about you is none of your business. So what Christy thinks about me and the fact that I have two kids and don't want any more, I don't care. Mm-hmm. That's none of my business because what she thinks about me doesn't matter. I get to make those decisions about me. So it's important to recognize that even if your family doesn't understand and thinks that your boundaries are unreasonable or why are you doing this? This is ridiculous. I don't understand. Mm -hmm. I don't understand why you're doing this. They don't have to. Well, and going back to that whole needing to be on other people's timeline, I feel like I deal with that a lot in my personal life because I have chosen a career over a family and I've decided that my business and my career is something that I would rather have over children. And I'm not, not a lot of people get that. They'll say, oh, but you'll change your mind. At some point, you'll change your mind. And why should I have to? If there is a choice in my life that I don't want to make, I don't have to make that. Yeah. And um, yeah, it comes up a lot. It comes up. Well, it comes up a lot. It doesn't, it never ends because I have, like I said, I'm married and I have two children. I'm a six-year-old and a nine-year-old. And 
no one stops asking me when I'm going to have another one. I have two boys. When are you going to go for that girl? Don't you want that little girl? No. No, I don't. I'm done. Um, I don't want to have any more children. I don't want to go through the process again. And I love the two boys that I have. And I'm grateful for them. But I don't want to have any more kids. And that's okay. Nobody else has to agree with me. Other people think that that may be unreasonable. It doesn't matter. I think also this has come up in a group that I run too. Um, When you work in a place where traditional um, celebrations, so to speak, take over, Uh. I think that gets really annoying. I know it got annoying when we worked at Mercy. You're always turning around and you have to give $5 to this person. This person's having a baby shower. They're retiring. They're They're getting married. What happened to the people who want to celebrate that they advance their career in yeah. some way, or maybe they their dog died, right? Or, or they I, got a dog, right? Yeah, or a cat, <laughs> or whatever. We can celebrate all kinds of things, but I also think that it's important to let the people around you know what's happening in yeah. your life because maybe they don't know that you just got a dog, or maybe they don't know how important something is. And to that's you. also then communicating, right? Mm-hmm. If what your needs are, if you're recognizing that you're upset and hurt that all the people around you are getting celebrated for those normative events. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's good for you to say something. You know, like, I'm not going to get married and I'm not going to have kids or I'm not going to do that anytime soon, but I did get a new dog and I'm really excited about that. Like, can we celebrate that? Let's take a quick minute, Gretchen, to talk about, since that came up, internal boundaries okay. versus external boundaries because what we do in our minds and in our bodies and in our personal lives um, also affect you know, how we act in relationships. So if I am constantly just like checking out and eating a bunch of crappy food and I'm not feeling good about myself, that is really on me. I can't blame that on, oh my gosh, work is so stressful. And oh, Gretchen, um, her friendship is taking up so much of my time. I don't have time to take care of myself. This concept of I don't have time, get rid of it. You can barter your time. We all have time. We all have time. You can find a at least 15 minutes a day to well, do something. break it up even smaller, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think that's what I tell people. And that sometimes it's what I do myself. And in the last podcast, I talked about like doing deep breathing at stoplights and mm-hmm. stuff like that. That's what I do. Um, not only do I also take advantage of the, making everyone breathe with me <laughs> in my therapy <laughs> sessions, because then I get to benefit from Same. that. But um, anytime I think, huh, about breathing or about, I also like to chant. So about chanting or about using rhythmic techniques, because I also do a lot of that. I make sure that while I'm thinking about it, I might as well do it for a few minutes. Mm -hmm. So again, that's something that you can do. I know that um, some of our listeners said exactly explicitly, what can I do? You can make a plan. You can have support. You can do your self-care every single day and know that every drop in the bucket counts. It doesn't matter if it's 30 seconds or 30 minutes um, that you need to be the person responsible for that. Yeah. So is accepting boundaries an issue of respect is another question. I think that it can be, but not always. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, if you think about this is what we're taught. Right. So the boundaries that I have are not because I don't respect you. Mm -hmm. They're because that's all I know. I don't know anything else. Mm -hmm. So you might feel disrespected. And if you do, communicate that. Shocker. Mm -hmm. Um, Talk about everything. So if what I do or what I have done or the boundary that I set is offensive to you, 
you need to let me know. That is your responsibility to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. I cannot read minds. Nobody can. Um, maybe a small percentage of the population. And saying I don't like that or that doesn't make me feel good is very freeing because yes. that's taking ownership over steering your life in the direction that you want it to right. be. And this idea of letting be more free-flowing of what comes into your life and what leaves your life, that is... Again, that issue of non-attachment, but it takes a lot of practice. It does. Don't think that it happens overnight, and don't think that just no. because I do this thing, all of a sudden, like I'm magically, gonna, yeah, yeah, things I'm gonna will be change. great at doing this, and it's not going to bother me. Sometimes things bother you, and you need to have your healthy outlets talking to somebody. That well, you trust. like we, you talked about before, drops in the bucket, mm-hmm. right? Th- these are not huge changes that we're making overnight. That, like, so, like you said, so I did this mm-hmm. one thing. Now everything is different. No, it's the drops in the bucket that over time and with consistency add up, and that's what's important. I tell a lot of my clients because it can be frustrating that you're doing something and you're not feeling better yet. It's just um, sometimes people go on medication, for example, and if you're taking an antidepressant, it's going to take, the doctor says, six to eight weeks until you feel better. Well, while you're doing these drops in the bucket, say, it still doesn't feel good right now, but I'm doing it for the sake of the greater good. Yes. I know that over time, this is eventually going to feel better. And right. that's very helpful too. It's like, yeah, it's like having a long-term goal, but having those short-term mm-hmm. goals are the little steps in between to get you there. Yeah. Okay. The next question is, should our boundaries be flexible? And the answer is yes. As we talked about being open with them, mm-hmm. being honest about how you feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, sometimes you need to set a limit and sometimes you need to be like, relax a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> because well, if I'm always like, no, I'm not doing that. No, no, no. I'm not going to have any friends. Absolutely. Like, there has to be a reciprocity there. And again, like we talked about before, those boundaries can be set and then taken away. That's another way that they're flexible. So I can set a boundary and say, no, I don't want to go out to dinner with you. That doesn't mean that I don't ever want to go out to dinner with Christy. I just don't want to go out to dinner this time. Or maybe I did something and I hurt your feelings. Yeah. And I need to say, you know what? I didn't see that coming. I didn't do it intentionally. I'm really sorry. So taking ownership over being sorry, even to your children. Yeah. Is very important. To everyone. A lot of adults will say, well, I don't owe an apology to a child. No, again, you are that role model for that person. So So you're teaching them what to accept and not accept in their life. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so the next question is, it says, as we grow and boundaries change, how do you explain the shift to those who may have been negatively affected by previous boundaries? So I'm assuming that it might be like, in the past, maybe I had really rigid and strict boundaries, and now I'm trying to shift and be more open, and previous boundaries that I've set have hurt the people around me. Um, the Again, honesty, right? Be honest. Uh, let them know that I hurt you. Just what Chrissy said. I hurt you. I apologize. I recognize that now. I was in an unhealthy place before. I'm trying to move into a healthier place and be more aware of how my actions and what I do and how my boundaries affect others and affect myself. I tell people all the time, blame me. I was at my therapist and she's making me do this. Or <laughs> oh my God, I do. I tell that to same people too. Like you can throw me under the bus and be like, well, Gretchen told me right. that I had to tell you this. Right. Exactly. And, or if you, you're not saying that you're in therapy, like Gretchen said before, just I'm trying this out. And while it might not feel good for you, I, this is what I need right now. Um, yeah. yeah. And yeah. blame your therapist. Next is, is it, res- is it reasonable to be expected to set aside or break or flex our boundaries for other people's comfort? 
No. 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 So when people want those expectations and put them on you, it feels like you're not living up to what it is that I need you to do. Yeah, I failed. I failed Mm -hmm. you. So you want me, you know, I've set a boundary. No, I cannot go out to dinner with you. And you say, oh, come on. I really was looking forward to meeting with you. Oh, I feel bad. Mm -hmm. Right. I feel like I failed you. Mm -hmm. And so now I feel pressure to change my mind. Right. I've set a boundary. It's kind of wobbly. I don't have a lot of, you know, strength behind it because I am feeling a lot of emotions. It's really important to listen to your gut, right? Mm -hmm. If you're feeling wobbly and back and forth, you don't want to do that thing. (laughs) Well, I see couples as a couples therapist, and I would venture to say maybe 85 to 90% of the time, it is because the person that is asking you to set those boundaries is not a healthy person for you. So people that are emotionally manipulative, maybe they um, don't know how to be in touch or express their feelings. Maybe they don't have the language around that for whatever reason it is. They're asking you to do something that isn't good for you. And just like you said earlier um, in the podcast, if somebody's asking you to do something that isn't the healthiest for you, that's not somebody that you should have in your life. Absolutely. Okay, next one is, how do I know when to set boundaries? I tend to wait until I'm already angry or feeling used. Um, so what well, I and say... And then you probably sound really bitchy because <laughs> then I feel like, oh my gosh, all these emotions are coming out and then I'm going to regret what I'm saying. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what Christy talked about at the very beginning of the podcast was really starting to be more aware of your internal feelings mm-hmm. and emotions. So when someone is interacting with you and you're starting to feel like you're losing energy, right? We know those energy suckers mm-hmm. um, or you're feeling like butterflies, anxiety and not in your stomach. You feel upset. You want to cry. Right. When you're starting to feel those emotions come up in you when you're interacting with a person, your body is telling you to set a boundary. Right. And so part of it is. And you don't want to be the person that hurries up and snaps at somebody or gets upset easily. Taking some space, taking some breaths, trying to get in touch with before I say something, what do I need to do in order to communicate that in the best way possible? Well, and you can take your time, right? Mm -hmm. We talked about that before is one of the rights that we have is we have the right to take our time and think. So if Christy says like, you know, can you babysit my dog? Can you watch my dog? And I'm like feeling those feelings. and I'm not sure I can say, um, I'm not sure. Can I think about it and get back to you? Mm -hmm. Yes, that's reasonable. That's Mm -hmm. okay. And again, if I say that and she snaps at me, God, you you can't just answer me right now. It's because you don't want to do it, right? Mm -hmm. Warning, warning. Mm -hmm. Not, right? That's not a healthy response. That's not a relationship with someone that is appreciating what you need. And um, as part of that question also about feeling used, if you're feeling that somebody is constantly taking in in your life, is it... um, a result of they are somebody who's just naturally a taker or are you not asserting maybe what it is that you need from them maybe yeah. you don't ask you don't ask for the things that you need and that's really important to do right as well. so that's where I would start is yeah. starting with always start with communicating your needs don't assume that it's well the other person's just a jerk and that's what it is yeah. right they're too needy or they're too demanding or they're too controlling you don't know anything about the other person unless those words have come out of their mouth Mm -hmm. telling you. So don't make assumptions that you know what the other person is doing, that you know their intentions, their thoughts, their feelings. Don't, again, we can't mind read. Um, 
real quick, the very first part of that question, how do I know when to set boundaries? Yeah. We're always setting boundaries. Um, and the example that I give about staying on your mat, um, I heard one earlier today as well about rowing your own boat. Um, oh, I and like that. I like that too. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of like, right. you're just chill. You're staying in, in your zone and you're doing the things that you need to do. And you're always being aware of who is in your immediate environment and how they're affecting your internal well, yeah. emotional state. You know state. how much I love analogies. And you know that picture of my head is just people just trying to jump on in your boat. <laughs> I don't have room for you in my boat. But people are like, hey, can I sit back here? Right? If I take on one person, okay, it's not so bad. I can still row my boat. Uh-huh. But now everybody else wants to get in. Where do you say no? Because eventually all of those people are going to take you down. Yeah. Next question is, how do you handle when you set the boundaries, but a friend keeps pushing them? Um, I would say to back up your boundary with an action. Stay strong. Remind yourself. Keep that mantra in your head. I need to do this. Or give yourself some space because if you give in, you're inviting people to ignore your needs the next time. Yeah. And that's, again, an opportunity to communicate to them, right? So I gave that example before about Christy always asking to come down. Hey, can I have your lunch? Mm-hmm. Or what'd you bring? Can I have some? Mm-hmm. Um, and me saying, no, you cannot have my lunch. And her going, okay. And then the next day, hey, what'd you bring for lunch? Can I have some? Right? I have set this boundary every single day. Why are you still coming and talking to me about it? I need to address that. Christy, every day you come down and ask for my lunch and I tell you no. Why do you keep asking me every day? And she might be like, oh, I don't know. Does it bother you? <coughs> right? She doesn't know. We're making the assumption that when we set a boundary that the other person can read our minds, mm-hmm. right? And understands everything just, about it. Right. Or they're just going to try because it makes their life easier. Yes. And hey, if I ask you five times and you say yes once, that is, um, here's another analogy for you. I love analogies. Um, like the slot machines down at the casino, if every single time you lost, you would quit putting your money in. But there's that slight chance that there could be a yes. You could hit back. <laughs> I could be a winner. And it just comes up at work a lot of the time. Um, it might just be easier. Okay, I'll just accept this and do it. Um, rather than I'm going to say something to you. It's going to feel awkward. You're not going to do it anyway. Yeah. I'll just shut up and I'll do it on my own. And guess what? It pisses me off every single time I have to do that. And then it builds up and it builds up. And going back to the last question. Explosion. Mm -hmm. Angry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So again, just kind of because we've talked about a lot of these things already, right? If you're setting a boundary with a a person, a friend, a family, whoever, and they keep pushing, right? And and re kind of like testing your boundary. You want to back up your boundary with action. Communicate to them. Talk to them about it. You want to reset that boundary. It's so annoying to say over and over and over, Mm -hmm. but it's so important so that you don't get used. Mm -hmm. And check your friendship, right? We've said that before. So if I talk to Christy and I'm like, listen, I am really frustrated by this. I need to talk to you about that. And she's like, I don't really care. I actually had a situation like that. Uh, I don't know, like 10 years ago, maybe. It was early on after I gotten married and had a baby a just newly born baby and I had a friend that I've been friends with for a really long time and she was in a really destructive abusive relationship and it was having a lot of effect on me because every time they would have an issue I was the person that she would call Mm -hmm. and I would always say yes Mm -hmm. and it got to the point where if I saw that I had a call from her if I had a text message from her if I just saw her name it threw me into a panic attack Mm -hmm. because I was like oh god now what 
And I finally got to the point where I said, I just, I mean, this went on for months. Mm -hmm. I have to talk to her. I sat down and talked to her and I told her how I felt that I, everything that I just said, I told her all of that. Like when I see your name, I have a panic attack. It makes me not even want to hang around you. And I love you and I miss you and our friendship. And I need to let you know that. Like if this is what's going to continue to happen, I can't be friends with you. And she laughed. So that ended the friendship, Mm. right? Like at that, like, and I even said that I was Mm -hmm. like, you are in my head. I thought you're so sick. You Mm -hmm. can't even realize, right? Mm -hmm. Like, again, I didn't take that personally. She's laughing at me. I took that as God, you are so messed up. Mm -hmm. You can't even get yourself out of it. And I need to save myself, right? Mm -hmm. Again, she was drowning me in my rowboat and I had to say, yes, get out because I'm going to, I'm going to drown. Because essentially what you're doing in that situation is enabling her from getting the help that she needs and standing up on her own. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So the next one is how do I move away from an all or nothing approach? How do you set boundaries after years of not having any in place? So small steps, right? If you are so used to always being rigid, keeping everybody out, or always being loose and doing everything for everyone, trying to set big boundaries and things like that isn't going to be isn't going to work. You need mm-hmm. to start small. Start with relationships that are the easiest to do those in. So I usually recommend people doing it with newer relationships, so new friends, um Workers, coworkers, people who don't know your people general that pa- don't, and patterns. that you don't see a lot, right? Yes, right. <laughs> and people that haven't been in your life for extended periods of time, because those are the people that are gonna, as like the previous question we had, they don't want to accept my boundary. They think it's unreasonable. Those are the people that we need to wait, right? So family is usually the last place that we actually start asserting those boundaries because that's where we learn them from, and so mm-hmm. they're the ones that are going to be the most resistant to change. Sure. And saying um, yes or no, that can take some practice. But one tool that I use with a lot of clients, and I won't swear too much here because <laughs> I don't know who's listening, but <laughs> it's the law of F yes. Yeah. Um, or I, you know, or if it's not heck yes. Yeah. If it's not a heck yes, it's a no. Yes. So I want to say yes, an absolute yes to the things I'm excited about, that yes. I'm passionate about the people that I love spending time with who give me, you know, the things that I need and make me feel good. And if I'm kind of wavering, like I'm not sure, or I might see, I would just automatically say no. So the law of heck yes. Yeah. Scheduling time for yourself. So a lot, again, a lot of this we, we've talked about already, right? Mm-hmm. Starting small, setting aside time for yourself, finding those little snippets of time, bartering time so that you can say and schedule it in literally mm-hmm. in my um, schedule book. I still use a written one because I can't get the handle of doing a Same. phone one. And so I many of my tech down, clients are on me about that. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually write in everything that I do for myself. So if it's going to the gym, it goes in my schedule book. Mm-hmm. If it's having, you know, I will block out time that just says like me, right? right. Whatever it is, <clears throat> well, and I meditate every day. Yeah. And again, uh, Lojo is one of my favorite meditation instructors, and he says that consistency is the key, and it's absolutely true. Because if I say it's best if I meditate in the morning, it and then I get busy or I wake up late, then it gets pushed to lunch, then yep. it gets pushed to I'll do it after work, then it gets pushed to maybe later, and then I'm so tired. So no, scheduling that time and sticking to it, very important. Yeah. So next question, how do you deal with your own emotions of feeling bad or guilt 
for setting boundaries with others because sometimes you will feel guilty. It'll well, I feel like, it, am I being selfish? Even now, even even now, knowing that it's important to set boundaries, there are times, not every time, but there are times where I still feel guilty. Mm-hmm. So if this is your first time really starting to set boundaries, you're going to feel guilty every time because this is new. Mm-hmm. Please know that that is temporary. Again, everything is temporary. Nothing is permanent. And that you are in charge of what you choose to focus on. If I'm going to say this feels bad, this feels awful. Well, what feels good? Right. Maybe try that on for size right. and see um, maybe you don't have to allow those feelings of guilt to undo your boundaries because oh, yeah. once you've set it, Try your very best not to go back on it. Right. Because, again, just like that slot machine, yep. if you give in once, it's going to just spiral out of control. And know that it really does get better. It gets easier. It does. Mm-hmm. And really facing those feelings head on, right? So when you're feeling guilt, recognize that this is a sign that you're on the right track. When you feel bad for setting a boundary, that actually means that you're doing something good for yourself. So recognize that that guilt is a normal emotion that we just have to recognize, honor, and allow to pass. And you can do that by talking it through, even with yourself. Mm -hmm. I encourage all of my clients, I do it too, I talk out loud to myself. So if I'm feeling something that I have a hard time getting through, I'll say like, you know, I feel really guilty about this. That's okay. That's normal. It's expected. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be forever. I'll get through this, but I really don't want to do that thing. So, and chances are, once that thing or whatever comes up, you're going to feel such relief that you don't that have you to do, do it. it. That's yeah. a reward in and of itself. So, um, the last question is, how do I know when to say no? Well, it's kind of similar to previous ones that we've had. Is this something that is a matter of life or death? Right. Is this something that I absolutely have to do, or there's going to be dire consequences that I don't have to deal with? You probably have to say yes in that case. Right. So other things that you can ask yourself are like, does this put food on the table? Right. So do I actually need to do this thing because I need the money that's coming from it? Is this important for my job? Right. Like recognizing I might not want to do this thing, but in order to keep my job, Mm -hmm. I need to. Mm -hmm. But again, all of this is in balance. If everything that you have to do for your job means to keep it, like that's also something to look into as well. Another one uh, would be maybe will the earth stop spinning if I say no? Right, usually not. Putting things in perspective. perspective Mm -hmm. is an absolutely important thing to do because it might feel like it could be the end of the world or that the earth might start spinning, but in reality, it really doesn't. It's not going to. So Um, um, will it make me happy is the number one question. Oh, yeah, for sure. And also asking, can my body handle it, Mm -hmm. right? Like when we talked in the very first podcast about all those different parts of ourselves. So when you say, can my body handle it? Maybe physically you can handle it, but can you emotionally, mentally, um, socially, like, am I socially at my capacity or spiritually? Does this jive with me in a spiritual sense that I'm okay doing this? So can my body, can I, can my person, can all my parts of my being handle this? Well, and you bringing that up makes me think of something that I'm sure will come up in other podcasts, but looking at the three areas of your life, your work life, your self life, yeah. and your personal relationships, those three things, what circle is the biggest? Are they balanced circles mm-hmm. or am I overly work fo- focused and that's then getting in the way of my time to take care of myself and my personal relationships? Am I thinking about others too much? Or maybe am I thinking about myself too much? That selfish question might be a real thing um, that you need to look at. Yeah. So. So those were all the questions that we had. But one of the other things I think that we wanted to do is to help people really get a start of, okay, so again, I 
recognize that I need to set better boundaries. Now what? (laughs) Um, So the first step would be self-awareness, right? Again, that checking in, knowing what your needs are. Your personal rights. Right, Mm -hmm. your personal rights, what are those? And so one of the things that you can do is kind of a little exercise where you can come up with, I don't know, like whatever, five or six answers to each one of these open-ended questions. So we have a few. I'll start with the first one. People may not blank. So get yourself a piece of paper and a pen and sit down and think, people may not, and this varies, maybe yours are oh, different yeah. from mine. They're all so going to be different. here's a couple. Okay. Um, people may not go through my personal belongings. People may not criticize me. People may not make comments about my weight. They cannot take their anger out on me. People may not humiliate me in front of others. They may not tell off-color jokes in my company. Mm -hmm. That one is so important, and especially coming from my clients who are white males. They say the the craziness of what certain white privileged males feel is okay to to other white males is just... It's very sad. And if you're not the one to say, I'm not okay with that, then that's saying you are okay with it. Right. So the silence, um, yeah. you need to confront that. Um, the last one I can think of is um, they may not inv- invade my personal space. Yeah. I have the right to my privacy, so right. to speak. So you coming up with what, those are just some examples. Mm-hmm. You might agree with some of those. You might come up with some on your own, but that would be the first start where right? kind of filling in that sentence. Another thing that you can ask yourself is, I have a right to ask for blank. Mm-hmm. So again, thinking about what what is it that you have the right to ask for? So some examples would be, I have the right to ask for privacy. I have the right to ask for a new hairstyle from an old stylist. <laughs> it's no, yeah, I mean, it true. becomes so simple. <laughs> like, oh, but this is just what they've done. And I'm just going to let them do mm-hmm. what you want to do. No, this is your hair. Right? Don't let them mess it up. Um, I have the right to ask for peace and quiet in general, whenever I want mm-hmm. it from my kids when I'm getting a massage, when I'm oh, at work. Oh, that's a big one. When somebody yes. starts talking, I need oh, to set that boundary. It's so true. No, I know. Every time. I, or honestly, when I get my hair cut, I tell people, I hate it. I don't want to chat. I, that's right. the time where I just want to be quiet. Don't talk to me. And I have to set right. that boundary. And I did finally, thankfully, found a, a, find a masseuse. But you know what I said to him? I said, Oh my gosh, I've had such a crazy busy day. I just need some peace and quiet. And guess what? He didn't talk. Right. So So that's a great way to set a boundary without Mm -hmm. saying, please don't talk to me. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So some other things that maybe you would put down. I have the right to ask for help around the house. Right. I have the right to ask for more information before making a purchase. And I have the right for um, to quiet time for myself. Mm -hmm. So in order to protect my time and energy, it's okay to blank. And I love this list. It is okay to turn the ringer off on my phone. Yes, it is. Guess what else I did? I took the icon for my um, email off of my phone completely. (laughs) Because she doesn't check her emails. (laughs) Sorry. Just had to share that. I do. I do check my emails, but they're scheduled. Promise. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's true. I don't check them when I'm in line at the grocery store anymore because guess what? Sometimes I miss things then. That's right. And that's another, you know, problem. So I also have um, (laughs) the right to take my time returning calls or emails you don't always have to be on call and that's stressful if you are it is i have the right to change my mind 
um, to protect my time and energy, it is okay to bow out of a volunteer activity. Mm -hmm. I thought that I would have the time, but it's not giving me something that I need. And actually, I have to do something else. It's okay not to uh, follow through with that. Yeah. I have the right to um, cancel a commitment when I'm not feeling well. Or even when you are feeling well, but you've decided you don't want to go. And um, also, it's okay to reserve a place in my home that is off limits to others. To kind of have your own sanctuary. I don't know if you have a meditation cushion, but maybe get one. I don't, but my sanctuary is coming over to Chrissy's house because... Here we are in the peace and quiet. We're in the peace and quiet. She lives alone. It's fabulous. I live in a house with three boys, men, a man, and two boys. But um, it's but the, I even you that, need an oasis where wherever. And is. even if it's not a consistent oasis, right? Mm-hmm. So there are times when in my home I will say, "Hey guys, I'm gonna go lay down in my bed." please leave me alone. Yeah. And they do. And it's important to um, respect that. And if one of my children come in or my husband comes in and to ask me something or to interact, I have to reassert that boundary. Again, if you don't, they're not going to realize that you're serious. And that's important to reassert. Mm, definitely. All right. Well, I hope that that's been helpful with all of the questions that you guys had and um, just and addressing really, more things about boundaries. Yes. Yeah, so we're really happy that um, we've got, continued to get feedback and that you are sending in questions. Please keep them coming because we want to know what you want to know. Yeah, it's totally fine. I think it's a great idea to every once in a while do Q&A, even mm-hmm. if it's not totally on one topic, right? So mm-hmm. any questions that you have, anything that you want us to talk about, please send on any of our Instagram posts, on our Facebook messages, um, Facebook posts. You can go to our website and go to the connect tab where you can send us questions through that. Um, We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. So thank you for listening to Conversations to Connect with Christy. And Gretchen. If you like our show and want more information um, and want to connect with us, go to our website at www.conversationstoconnect.com and follow us on Instagram. We hope this episode has given you some useful tips to create meaningful conversations in your life. If you feel like you would benefit from talking with a therapist, one resource is www.psychologytoday.com or you can contact your insurance company. See you next time.